Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. A reminder that 1620 The Zone, The Connor Happer Show, and us here on The Grum will be on the road next Friday for our annual Pink Out broadcast live from the American Cancer Society Hope Lodge on Friday the 26th, 10A to 6P. You can stop by and donate paper towels, Kleenex gift cards, or cash to benefit patients staying at the Hope Lodge. You can get all the info, including ways to donate online at 1620thezone.com. Our annual visit there. We are looking forward to to that uh some responses jack now i'm curious with the uh the 24 not 24 hours but the sleep on it because i when when you and i chatted last night you were very much in the mood of i don't want to talk about players struggling or this and that i want to talk about the gary injury and so a text from the 402 writes rink mast was having a very bad game then decided to double down and make one of the single most boneheaded mistakes i've ever seen in a game and decide to touch a ball that was close to but was not definitively yeah. out of bounds off Rutgers. how how is how is i guess the the way in which the game unfolded you know you know in a way i think the question that i'm asking you is if they get a win how bad of a mood do you think you are still in, given that, that last night for you was less about a loss and more about long-term prospects? It'd be a little better, but it would be still the overriding. I mean, I again, coming out of that, the, the, the problem is the Gary injury much more than it is the loss individually. So, yeah. no, a win wouldn't have, wouldn't have changed a lot. And I agree, like, I, I still think if Gary doesn't go down in kind of that dramatic fashion i think and 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 you they've got him on the the floor frankly to pull down some rebounds yeah i i do think they win that game but that doesn't change what ails them and to be honest josh when when they've struggled this year just look at their recent struggles wisconsin iowa and to the degree they struggled against rutgers uh what was a common threat i mean the biggest clear common thread was a lack of ability to rebound yes giving up offensive rebounds second chance opportunities Second chance opportunities, um, and and to a degree, defense for sure was was an issue as well. But I think if I had to pick one, it was those second chance opportunities. Wisconsin killed them on that, uh, and and Rutgers absolutely destroyed them. Didn't Minnesota as that. well? Yeah, Minnesota. And that's did a, the I know half. that's over a month ago now, but yeah, it's a it's a good common through line. And uh, Robin Washington will join us in a little over a half hour. He described it as unthinkable: twenty five offensive rebounds allowed, and then he pointed out that it led to twenty second chance points for Rutgers last night. And that is, I mean, just you're not going to be able to win a whole lot of games. And that's the crazy part is that they had a lot of opportunities. You combine that and you combine the the number of minutes that they had without a field goal, and I. I should have written it down. I think it's what fifteen minutes, you know, combined in the first and the second yeah. halves without field goals. Um, they get what one in the in the in in the overtime or two. Um, right. Obviously, obviously, just not good enough. Chance writes on the YouTube. As soon as they showed Juwan in the tunnel, I knew it was over. My expectation for the season went from NCAA tournament to does Fred survive this year? I, I don't know, Jack, how, how much I really want to dive into like the Fred of it all right now, but I don't know if that's the question coming at. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong on all of this. Uh, maybe I have a bad read on Trev, but I, I don't 
I don't know. I don't feel like that would be a discussion as this season goes along. And and maybe I'm wrong, but just given the yeah. improvement that they had at the again, I, I think this was was much improved on last year, which was much improved on the previous years. So maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to get into that conversation yeah. yet. We, I, I mean, I have no idea how the season ends. Um, but the the path to getting to the number that I think they need to get to eleven and nine, maybe ten and ten at the bottom. Is a lot is a lot harder because of exactly what you said, Josh. You were rolling out those numbers that Robin had about offensive rebounds, and what is their best chance to avoid that, or what was their best chance to avoid that, or their best weapon against that? It was Jawan Gary. Yeah, it was Jawan Gary, one hundred percent, and now he's off the team. What was already a weakness, Josh becomes a super weakness now for this team to the point to the point that you, I I wonder how much they've got to change what they're doing kind of systemically on offense and defense. And what I mean by that is, you know, they have the, 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 when, when Gary went down like exactly a year ago with a shoulder against Illinois last year, and then a week later, Amanda, Emmanuel Banamel goes out and they were, they were the defensive guys. They were the muck it up guys, right? They were kind of the poster boys for what Nebraska did against Creighton that year. Um, and the team had its they played their best without those two guys, oddly enough, which you never would have guessed before. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen again this year, but part of the reason is because they looked very different in terms of style because they had to. I don't know if that kind of a change is in the cards for this year, but I do wonder if that's something that they're going to have to do just because you are going to have – and I don't know what the answer is, Josh, because you're going to get your offensive rebounds are going to be a huge issue. Yeah. Uh, unless you're, unless you just do, unless you do something else. Um, the way that they play defense, I just, I wonder what else that they've got that they could possibly do to help that situation. Let me, let, I don't know what it is. Let me turn this around on you and, and say, like, if you're going to be wrong and we would look back, you know, on this day, January 18th, yeah. and you, and people would say, man, Jack was way wrong in overreacting or Jack overreacted. Yeah. What, what? That'd be great. Yeah, so how does that happen? How how do we say how do we look back in a month and a half and say, man, we are we we overreacted in um, January when he went down? Here's what I think. I don't know for sure. I think I think first of all, number one, rank mass cons- gets a lot more consistency because, yeah. as you pointed out, and as some of the commenters pointed out, that hasn't been there. Although he played really well versus Purdue, he's looked really good, and then he's had really rough games as well. That's number one. I think number two is. Um, that they that they just the, the offense that they just start outscoring teams that the offense really ups its efficiency that you get guys like Eli Rice in there more and that he becomes more of a scorer as well and w- w- you know what you what you replace Juwan Gary with somehow is going to help you on offense a little bit and I guess that's that's the most realistic thing I can kind of grasp onto the only other thing is the only other thing that's possible. Josh is if if they'd say okay well you know they brought in Alec and Jope really came in and decided to take seriously the role about rebounding those two decided I mean Alec needs to be Dennis Rodman in my opinion right like mm-hmm. and it, it, I guess maybe you would say he really embraced that and and by that I mean you know <laughs> you're there to rebound and play defense you are there to re- you're there to get 15 rebounds a game and play defense maybe that happens but I don't know. I don't. I don't feel confident about either of those. But that's the best I can predict. That'll be a great. That'd be a great question for Robin. If and I wanted to ask him that. The other thing that I wanted to ask him is, does this turn into one of those lost seasons that fans talk about for years to come? You know, like the the last time. It's funny. We we keep making these comparisons to various 
you know, Tim Miles teams, but, you know, this start was the best start that they've had in a regular season since 2018, 2019, and that Mm -hmm. ended up being Tim Miles' last year. And what is that season, of course, remembered for? Copeland. Yeah, Yeah. it's a, I mean, that has turned into a massive what if of a season. They don't have, that team didn't have a a win as good as Purdue, but they did have a, a great win over Creighton, a dominating win over Creighton, the first win over that program in what, a decade or whatever it was. And that's, that team turned into, I know you have certainly felt that way, massive what if. And a large part of it too is because of the change that it ended up bringing on the program a few months later. Mm -hmm. Does this turn into one of those lost seasons you think that we look back on now years to come? Like what if Gary doesn't go down? Like, Almost more so than that one because Nebraska was floundering a little bit, I think, when he got hurt in that season. Just a little bit. Yeah. They had been for a week or so. Um, or maybe it was longer than that. They, they'd been struggling a little bit. but Yeah, they peaked um, into, that team peaked in December before yeah, everything. Like yeah, where this team peaked one week ago. In theory, yeah, it peaked in January. <laughs> right. They peaked, they peaked seven days in advance of this game. So, yeah, I think, Josh, I think it'll feel even – I think it'll feel even more like that to some degree. Yeah. Um, but, but that's another team, too. And, again, they struggled after that. But then that was a team that, at the very end of the year, somehow somehow completely changed who they were. And they went on a little bit of a run uh, at the end of the year and in Chicago as well. So it's happened. Like, it's happened. But the teams feel like they've got a really different character. And I just wonder if that if if they've got them that in them this year and what it actually looks like. Yeah, and I mean the cool part about that run in nineteen, I mean, you were there with with your son Johnny, and you've told the stories about it many times. That you know, a super memorable week for you. Like that ended up salvaging what turned into you know a, a really bad season, a, just a really mm-hmm. unenjoyable year. Like you know, you would hope that they would be able to sal. Can they salvage it now? Is kind of the question. And right. I know that uh, you know a, a lot of people, and I would say myself right. included, are just viewing this injury. It's not so much that like. Again, they they lost. It's if he is going to be out for a foreseeable, you know, amount of or really just an extended period of time. And and I guess here's another thing I'll throw at you: Are we overreacting to the injury itself? I would say no, just given that when I see a non-contact injury, and when I see of all of the non-contact, because I missed it live actually, Jack. I was watching the other game for a moment, and so I turn back and I see that, and it's like he's barely moving when it happens. You know, this isn't. You know, this isn't a guy sprinting down the the court full speed, and it's like, oh god, you know, and just how everyone Man. reacted. I, I, you know, yeah. I know Achilles yeah. has been I said mean, a million times. Like it certainly felt like right. that in the moment. Josh, it was his reaction yes. that made me. Correct. It was his reaction. Like he seemed like he knew. He broke down immediately. Yeah, like he knew what had just happened. That is the thing. Had he just limped off and you know needed help to get off, I would still probably be holding some hope out today but and then i saw people say hey who who know more about me who have experienced they're like that looked like an achilles to me now they haven't announced that they haven't said what it is i don't know what that is but the combination of all of those things pretty much and then just my own fatalism pretty much robbed any hope of that i i mean i've been since right after it, I assumed he's done. Yeah. He's Greg done. and Lincoln says, has Nebraska said anything about Gary since he left the game last night? They have not. I, I mean, Fred Fred no. said that they would, you know, uh, do the, do the uh, what? He the... just doesn't have any media appearances. So Correct, they yeah. pro- I mean, probably something is known. It's just a matter of him 
getting on, you know, getting behind a podium or getting on the radio. 100%. Now, yeah, now it's a will will the news leak at any point in time today um, about what's going on with him? Will it get reported by one of the national people? You know, Rothstein, obviously, I think is pretty tied in with, with Fred Hoiberg. And so if something were to happen and it's going to get reported, it would be my guess that he would be the guy that would uh, report it. But, yeah, I, I am approaching it. Um, I'm approaching it as in he is gone now for the foreseeable future. They did ask someone asked Robin on Husker online and he said that, you know, we haven't heard anything yet. I'm guessing they'll wait to announce anything publicly uh, until Fred's next pressure presser. And that's tomorrow. So, I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. so, so officially, officially we're going to learn exactly what's going on with, uh, with him tomorrow. He still has another, he still does have another year of eligibility, but man, second year in a row where season got completely cut short by injury. And he's had injury problems before he was at Nebraska too. So I think that's probably accounts for a lot of his emotion last night. Just be like, man, seriously, again, yeah. the same thing. And he's got to sit and he knows he's got to sit and watch this whole thing on the sidelines now. And you won't see him if he's out for the season. You won't ever see him and Kasey Tomonaga play together again. And that was I think that was kind of those two together provided what felt really unique about this team. Yeah. And you won't see it again, even if Gary does come back next year. Yeah, and so real quick before we go to break, going back to to, to, to Creighton and and what they had in front of them and the moment that they could have had last night. I, I mentioned in passing some notes that Jacob Padilla had. So at the 6.55 mark, Jack, of the first half, Creighton was trailing UConn 23-19. to 19. At the 7.15 mark of the second half, which is essentially 20 minutes later, it's 19.39, they were trailing 52 to 30. So they were outscored in that stretch 29 to 11 and Creighton went 3 of 24 from the floor, 1 of 12 from 3. They they did knock down all four of their free throws, but they also had nine turnovers. And so it was the, the side by side of both of those games and just what happened in that stretch for Creighton and what happened to Nebraska in both of those stretches. It just again, it's funny to think of 24 hours ago and how excited a lot of people were like, wow, this could end up being a really special night for the state and these two teams, these two tournament projections to be teams and they both have those moments and obviously one team was against the number one team in the country so it's not to say like yeah you know it's okay to lose to them but it's just it's it's not that they lost Man. it's how they lost right and it hurts too because you saw that Rutgers team if you look listen they lost to Wisconsin they lost even to Iowa I think I think those are pretty solid teams yeah Rutgers forgivable Rutgers did not look like that last night. Yeah. They just didn't it looked at, at the beginning of the game it looked like even when Rutgers came back from that deficit it felt to me like, okay, Nebraska is and should be the better team in this game and should kind of naturally pull away at some point. And I think that was going to happen again uh, without that. What was Creighton from three last night? I didn't ever uh, – what, what what was the number there? Because they – a lot of times when this happens, it is a really rough night for three from them. Yeah, they That's ended really up – so they ended up only scoring 48 points. Um, from three, they went six of 26. So, oh. yeah, not 23%. They only went 34% Yikes. from the floor. Here's the crazy thing, too. Man. Their defense, Jack, was great. So, UConn, 25 of 70, 36% from the floor, so barely better than Creighton. They knocked down five of 19 threes. Again, barely better than Creighton. Huh? The story huh? – and, and we talked about a lot with Nebraska – Creighton, six offensive rebounds. UConn, 21. And so when you're getting that Honestly, many extra opportunities, it it cost both teams in their games last night. That sounds like all of Nebraska's games, except instead of shooting you know, 20 and 25% in, from three, Nebraska and their opponents are shooting 50 and 55% from three, but one team is getting all the offensive rebounds. Yeah, so. and Creighton turned it over 14 times, and uh, UConn turned it over seven times. To, to, for me, like my big takeaway from wow. both, it was very similar. It's just like these teams are not what people hoped for at, at 
points this season. And and for Creighton, you know, I think the the expectations for them, I think, really peaked in the preseason, whereas I would say Nebraska's expectations, I would say that they have peaked in the last week. And for different reasons, obviously, I, I think that both teams are not going to be able to reach the levels that, that the fan bases would hope, um, you know, which it's weird. Like, and maybe I'm wrong on that, but I don't know if we have ever had both both teams, these two big teams in this moment in mid-January where you could say pretty definitively, like, this is probably not going to be what people were hoping for, you know, moving forward. Yeah, it's happened it's in too Nebraska. early on Creighton. You think you're, so? You're, you're early on Creighton. I don't think so, man. I, 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 I've, I've been saying it for a while. I just think something is off with this team, you know, comparatively versus versus previous years. Um, I, just, I just don't think that this is going to be the group that has it. I don't think that this is going to be the group that's going to be able to make that type of run. Really? Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying I think they end up where they did last year. I don't. I, I'm not. I don't know that they're the same team, but no. Um, they've still got enough of a enough of a solid resume. They've got enough on there that it's hard for me to. I, I don't feel like there are any results that have really taken me that direction about them yet. Yeah. So that's where uh, that's where both of those teams are at. When we return. Uh, I want to talk some Alabama football with you because uh, Dan Wetzel put together a list of things that have happened to Alabama since the calendar turned 2024. It's 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 pretty incredible. He ended up uh, signing the tweet, Jack, and we'll talk about this next. Welcome to the real world, which made me laugh. Uh, but Sam McEwen had an interesting kind of takeaway from what Wetzel had to say. So we'll talk about that when we return. Also, Robin Washett will join us in about 20 minutes on the 42 Degrees the Source hotline, and you can give us a call there at 402-951-1620. Jack, Mitchell in today for John Bishop, Josh Peterson. More to come here on 1620 The Zone. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. 